Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... ...going through the details of a COVID-19 drive-through test in Australia. Now, the reason I'm giving this is to start podcasting for a while. I've sort of stopped for a a day or so, just reframing my mind. Uh, But also because I have uh, people overseas or people listening uh, who'd be fascinated to see what the actual mechanics are. So it all starts off with my son having a bit of a sniffle, staying away from school. And um, uh, I also have just the slightest sore throat, just not not really a slightly sore, sore throat. And the day before... A little bit of a runny nose. So that's enough. Uh, according to Australia, we've, we've got a population of, I think, 25 million. And we've done a roughly tw- 10% of the population. But, uh, or 2.5 million tests. But a lot of those tests are repeat tests. So you will find out that people get tested. You know, some people get tested 15, 30 times. And there's no, no question about it. So if they're an athlete or a, um, a preschooler or someone who's going to be in public. They get tested sort of methodically the entire, the entire time right, to get things going. So the end result is um, you get on and uh, you do, um, you get onto the internet and look at um, uh, testing near me. And there's a few places, a few, lots and lots of places to be tested. Uh, but a majority of them are um, uh, GP prescriptions. So if the GP says you can just drive somewhere fairly locally, and they, they test you. And so roughly what's happened is that um, uh, of all the blood sampling places, and there's a fair number in Australia, um, oh, oh, one in three, one in four have become covid complete and they don't do anything else and it's generally the main laboratory so the main laboratory will have a, a sort of a smaller uh, more the out of the way places but you can also have uh, drive-through testing I'll just describe this so we went down in our um, trailer down the mountain and uh, went to the um, Penrith Paceway so sort of a, a blast from the past of why people are interested in them. There's a difference between pacing and trotting. I don't quite understand. It's where the actual horse plays. So this is a paced way. So there's the trots and there's the pace way. So it's this large oval with a horse track on it. You (coughs) can drive through a tunnel underneath the track and emerge there and... uh, it's sort of used for various things, for concerts, markets, military parades. It's sort of just this generic area. Occasionally, once every Tuesday night, once a month or something like that, they might have uh, pacing. And on the outside, there's uh, space for markets and the odd little, odd little store and odd um, um, area of printing. Well, a print print museum, but it's got a large car park. So you go in and um, you drive up to it. And the first thing is some at the start stopping you in the street, so there can't be too many people coming into the place. 
You go in and you slowly crawl forward two files. It takes about a quarter of an hour to get up to the um, briefing station. So in the briefing station, you're given some of the following things. You're given a packet of masks. Um, that's for, for me and my son who's in, in the back. And um, there's six masks. So, so just because they can't be bothered, if someone turns up with six people in the car or one person in the car, you just get the masks. So they've just... And the masks are given in a, in a plastic bag, so they don't, ha you know, that they don't handle it. You don't handle it. You, you take it out and uh, put put the mask on. Then you give it a little plastic bag. Put your license and Medicare card in, and an instruction sheet about how to. Um, uh, what you do is. Um, after you've had the tests, you SMS um, enough information to identify yourself in the test site, and they will send you an SMS if you're positive. Or will, will not, what, what will really happen is that if you are positive, um, the <laughs> the police will turn up at your house. Well, in general, they do. Um, if it's not the police, it will be health officials. They, they might phone you, but in general, you, the people turn up at the house. If not. Um, they send you an SMS, and if you're a bit more anxious, you can go through the system register and get the SMS. And it's about a ten-step uh, process. So, after you've gone through that, uh, you are uh, asked to uh, travel. It's a two files through, so it's a two-stream, two-stream area. So. Collapse it down to one stream with one car in front of the other, two people briefing you. And you're asked, uh, what are some of these, oh, have you got any symptoms? And as long as you say, I've got a symptom, that's enough. You don't have to, you know, I, I do know my friend in the US was a bit peeved. He thought he had symptoms enough, but they wouldn't test him. So, um, which is just as well, I suppose you didn't have COVID eventually. So you drive around and it takes a little bit of time, um, slowly crawl forward, and there are these little um, cabins. So it's, everything's rental. So there's rental um, cable covers so they can get power out to these things. And there's two little site um, cabins. So what are they about? Two meters by seven meters across and there's a little guy in there he pulls you up and you have to wind your window all the way down and then you pass your license across they check your medicare card and who's being tested and they look you up on the system because it's a universal health system so everyone's there and if you've been treated at any hospital in the local area they'll have your file there and so they automatically print it my son uh, it's been so fit, he hasn't actually been into a hospital. I have uh, other, other sons who've had various you know, medical things go on, but he's not been, he's been in Westmead Hospital once when he was a, a baby, something like that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so they come along and uh, 
but the questions they ask you is, uh, have you been cold? Do you COVID? Have you, etc., etc. Have you been to Victoria in the last 14 days? Because you can't be from overseas legally because when you get off the aircraft in Australia, you're greeted by soldiers <laughs> and taken to hotels and which are guarded. And so it's pretty difficult to be from overseas and, and it's, it's not a question to ask, but they do ask, have you been to Victoria in the last 14 days? So that's a, a, a serious question in taking the data. And that gets your various story. So on the Medicare card, it's listed. It starts um, with my wife, goes four children, myself, and then we had two extra children. And so Rupert's, Rupert's the, the last one. And then you're told to wind your window half up. Then what they do is they uh, have a plastic bag with the printout of who you are, and we have two plastic bags, and they peg that to the outside of your window. So you never, you don't touch it, you don't touch it, it's pegged to your car. You drive up, and the um, uh, people uh, take it either side, uh, and uh, you, when they take it off, they check everything, and they went around, did my son, and uh, he, uh, and what is, it's a swab to the back of the throat, um, and then a, a swab up both the noses, and then they pass you a tissue, because they say it burns. Now, for me, they, they explained, and then I had to look forward and grab the steering wheel, for apparently that stops people reflex throwing their hands up to stop someone sticking something up their nose. And um, then um, uh, they, they gave me uh, the tissue, said, uh, how was that? And I said, it was the most enjoyable experience I had in my entire life, which was uh, a big plus for them. And then uh, they said, uh, oh, they asked, um, uh, have you had this before? And I said, uh, no, but it might be so good that I'll keep on going around and getting more and more. And they, they then um, said that uh, what happens with the preschoolers is that um, they, um, every time they go to a preschool and they have a snuffle, they're sent for a test. Right. So it's basically if a preschool teacher sees a kid wipes, wipe their nose, that kid's sent for a test. And of course the first test is okay. It's the second test, they go hysterical. And they just, um, it's a little bit, bit funny stuff. So you, you've got these masks on. So, you, so what happens is that when you go up to the two, uh, the people in the cat in the cabins, um, they're wearing masks. You're wearing masks, and um, um, and then there's fairly large piles of personal protective protective gear. And it's uh, it looks so like they're going all day long. There will be there will be no no period. And so there's there's um, that we went back and uh, but I was told unfortunately that uh, I think in the very first booth there are three stations: the introduction, the information, and the test. So the introduction is where they 
get you the masks and the, the basic information and the plastic bags that you then put hand over to the uh, to the people. Um, I was trying to think so that the hand hand that um, um, uh, they hand that over over to you and so after after that they go home but on that very first test they say that uh, you can't go out for 72 hours which you know for me was oh um, I will be because it's fairly isolated up in the Blue Mountains I'll be able to in that 72 hours I will not go with my friends I will not go out to a shop but I will uh, go for a walk by myself in the bush at which I was about to do that when I was told by a helpful family member, no, I can't, because uh, if I was uh, uh, injured myself and I had to call an ambulance, I'd be in heaps of trouble for breaking uh, an order or something like that. Uh, so um, instead, I just did exercise and weights and walked around there. And that's out of the house about 50 times, not 50, possibly 30 times um, going around. Um, but uh, for this limited time of exercise, I've, now that I'm cleared, I um, carry two five kilogram weights with me to go around. So that's the, the general view of that COVID-19 thing. I suppose the um, unusual thing is the actual steps and you sort of realize that they can't vary it or modify it because it's so well precise they've got one method up and running and they've worked on it so they have a way of making sure no one handles the driver's license um, they uh, have sort of really thought thought through everything and um, it's just this fairly constant span of cars perhaps what they could do is because what I, I I do notice that the slow step in terms of where they have the slow step is the um, uh, guy on the booth now the, the, this is step number two that can be slow especially say when um, uh, I suppose it's, it, it varies it can slow right down so in this case they had to actually create a record so if they don't have your record they have to create a record um, there and then and put the date of birth and stuff like that so the date of birth then tricks you so that that could could speed up but you sort of get a realization that it's uh, a, a, it's been designed professionally uh, with heaps and heaps of money and of course it's not done for free it's charged to medicare they say and you authorize me to sign the medicare form for you and that means it gets charged a bulk bill to um, to Medicare. So it's all been uh, been paid for and tracked. And um, let's hope I don't have COVID nineteen at the end of it. I will will tell it. But it's a very interesting aspect to uh, see how it's going. The um, there's so far in Australia, there's really been no major community transmission until now in Melbourne. And um, what's happening now? is that um, uh, people are, are, are testing house to house. So the people knock on the door 
and a lot of the, the, where the um, uh, outbreaks are are in non-English speaking suburbs. So you know, English is not their very first thing, and they haven't really sort of been parting away without really tuning into what's what's going on. And these people are apparently very shocked by people going. And mind you, there's a difference between a neighbour knock, sort of the knock knock, and then the um, the uh, police or army knock. Yeah, there's a certain knock for the army. It's it's like it's sort of like um, sort of an urgent, sort of pretty aggressive. One, two, three, four. So I haven't finished. Bang, bang. To make sure, it's, it's always that that. Not, not, there, there is the must go to knock not training to school, so you can imagine these people are quite um, nervous when um, the uh, street gets closed off. <laughs> yeah, with people, but health officials at the start and end of the street, and then the people sort of go house to house, leapfrogging. So. Uh, you know, there's someone knocks someone's house on one side. There's and there's sort of like four teams doing it, doing a, a street. So I'm told with with people um, doing, but it's um, sort of very standard um, operation um, in terms of um, um, different um, different. Uh, jurisdictions having different um, uh, what is it command and control so so in a in a traffic accident where there's been a um, uh, a say an oil spill uh, you'll have um, th- uh, three regions sort of circular regions closing down to that the action with different people in authority on different regions. So the, the people on the outermost loop will be the police. Then they will not have authority over the fire people who will be, they'll have independent authority. So if a fire person gives a direction, goes in. And then finally the ambulance people that will have the best. Thanks a lot for that. That's excellent. So fantastic. We're just getting uh, our fruit and veg delivered. Thanks a lot for listening. Another podcast, another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.